0: Get ready, Avalanche territory. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans. Denver Sports is your home for the most Avalanche content. Now, here's your host, Mike Evans. Hello again, everyone, and welcome into the Mile High Hockey Podcast. I am uh, your host, Mike Evans, and uh, boy, we're so lucky to have some great guests throughout the course of the season to just be able to chop it up, all things uh, Avalanche and the NHL, and uh many time contributor to this podcast the one and only adrian dater long long my go-to avalanche insider and ad good morning and uh good afternoon or whatever time people are listening to this and and thank you so much for for joining us before we get into kind of the nuts and bolts with the abs right now uh you got kind of a new project going on why don't you share it with all of us yeah thanks mark um i
1: am uh Moved on from my old site, Colorado Hockey Now. It wasn't, uh, it, it was good, but it wasn't quite exactly what I wanted after a while. It was a bit turning into a little bit too much of a content mill, of a clickbait kind of site, and um, just not what I wanted to do anymore. Uh, I wanted to take a little more time and be a little more thoughtful on things. And uh, that's when I started my own Substack site called Adrian, called Dater on Hockey, Adrian Dater dot dot com, And, uh, so far so good. It's a site where just, we cover the abs just like always, but, uh, not the, uh, constant, you know, five, six stories a day. Kind of quick thing that people started to want around there and it, it wasn't for me. So, so I laughed and started to, now, just a little more thoughtful time on the abs and, and I can do better feature stories, really take my time on things, stuff like that. We're still doing the nothing ball today, the abs too.
0: Well, let's take some time uh, to explain what clicked for this team. They went from grind mode to all of a sudden a big winning streak, and it started when it bottomed out with that loss against Chicago. And then they had the team meeting. Boy, this this team meeting could go down in avalanche lore if they uh, go on to win a another Stanley Cup. Uh, have Have you been able to sort of piece together what what exactly were was the, the the theme of that meeting? What were some of the the key things that came out of that meeting that help explain why this team looks completely different? You no, know,
1: going back to basics is the biggest thing. I don't know it's cliche, but back to defensive hockey, back to forechecking. And if we're going to lose, we're going to go with the best defense we can play. And I think people figured out on this team, they're a better team when they're just checking hard, turning pucks over, and going offense the other way. And and, um, they're faster. They still got that fast speed. But when they do create a turnover, they go back the other way so fast. Um, And uh, that's been a big part of it. Other than that, just... uh, Know, keep our chins up here. Let's be a little more positive. Stop using the injury excuse all the time, and and play harder. That's that's what happened. I mean, uh, we've got a six-game win streak. We're probably going to win Thursday night against Santa. So there you go. I think it's back on track, and now they got some guys coming back too.
0: Yeah, and going back to the idea of just kind of waking up a little bit. Do you think it was a case where? especially for the the core players, that the long grind of the season had sort of uh, settled in, and they, they, they saw how long <laughs> the road was until the playoffs, and maybe this wake-up call would have come eventually, but by having the meeting the way they did, did, did it just accelerate something that was already going to happen?
1: I think so. I wrote that in yesterday's uh, site that, that the story that yeah, I go back to when Claude and me come, me, Hey, nobody, nobody cares until after Christmas, kid. That's when the good teams start playing. And, uh, I, I, I always remembered that, but I thought, you know, it was, I thought it was a little time to worry about the ads based on how they were playing, but maybe we shouldn't have been so, so worried. You know, this team had too much talent to to, to stay that way. And, um, and I do think once the calendar goes to New Year, that something clicks in with those veteran guys. You know, they, they want to come. They, they know it's getting serious now. And and uh, I actually think them being behind Dallas and other teams in the standings is is good for them because now it gives them something to play for in the regular season as opposed to, let's say we're 20 points ahead, and they got nothing really to play for except, you know, game one of the playoffs. And that's when real complacency can set in, especially on really good teams. That's when you can go into the playoffs pretty flat and get surprised by someone, I think, sometimes. So I think it's good for them. that they're, they've they got a carrot in front of them now, that division title. I think they entered last yesterday nine points down at Dallas with three games in hand, though. So uh, now they have a challenge there. And I think that's good for this team, as opposed to being bored and way, way ahead.
0: Let me just kind of randomly bounce around with some different topics, and I'll just kind of uh, take them as they they pop into my head. The Matt Nieto trade. Uh, Your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. A little strange, I thought, getting him back. I thought you know, he's slowing down a little bit when he left, but uh, if he can be you know, a real depth guy, and I think this is a Probably that Darren Helm's not going to be back if this season, if at all. Maybe he's done. Um, that's probably why this deal was made to uh, take up more of a veteran role uh, that, that's vacated by Helm. I don't think they probably thought they had enough confidence in, in what they had here now, the young kids, and uh, so that's that's could be a good deal. I mean, you know, just you kill some penalties and maybe win a few faces, chip in some offensively somewhere. You know, it could be a good nice deal. I thought, uh, um, you know, the guys that get up weren't especially, uh, you know, going to miss them, really. And Martin Cowell, the former first-round pick, is gone. and Just never worked out here. You know, never. Uh, Jacob McDonald is a nice utility player. But it seemed like his, yeah, I don't know, his play is a little up and down year. So, I think it has potential. I don't know anything about the other, the other D-man other than that. he's been sort of a first-round, you know, bust. For Stan day, but he is only 22, um, so I think on paper it could help the Avs more than you know more than the Sharks will. But uh, um, I think bigger question is you know what are they going to do for second line center, and that's the real question. Yeah, I'll get
0: to that in a second. Why didn't, it work, out yeah. Kout? Why didn't it work out with why didn't work
1: out with Cout? You know I, I don't know. I mean I think he you know got all the size and speed you want, but he just uh, I don't think he I don't think he Wanted to play tough at the corners as much. I don't think he wanted to go out there and bang around. I thought that he, you know, just didn't create enough offensively. It seemed like he had to go in a straight, narrow path all the time to, to, to skate and score as opposed to uh, not having as much creativity with the puck as I think uh, people hoped and expected and he needed. But, uh yeah, off he goes. It just
0: didn't work out. You mentioned the second-line center. Uh, how do you think that they will approach this? And it's it's funny because I, maybe I guess I, I'm guilty of just saying, oh, yeah, you know, the Avs, one thing you'll count on the Avs is that they're always going to be aggressive at the uh, trade deadline. And, and trust me, if they feel that they have a real hole at second-line center, they'll go out and make a move. But with the with the trade here – How much do they have to work with AD in in trades? What kind of assets do they have, and are they willing to part with them to go out and make a significant trade?
1: Well, the only thing I can really see is realistic to make a trade for a Nate guy. is you are going to have to give up a good player with some term on him and salary, and that's Sam Gerard. That seems to be the guy I would do with Bo Byron coming back after the all star break, Josh Manson coming back after the all star break, and McCarr will be back. I think they've got enough to sacrifice a little bit of that to go get a, a big stick up top. Um, so the question now is though, you know, do they actually need a second line standard? Maybe when I say maybe Maybe uh, Evan Rodriguez can fill that role more with Michushkin. And, you know, the other question is, will Landeskog be back for the playoffs and healthy enough? Maybe he's good. But, you know, if not, then that creates another void. So I still think things are going to go closer to the March 3rd deadline. I think one bright spot is we know that Alex Newhook is a better depth player right now. It was too soon for him to be second-line center. And, uh, you know, he's been playing great, though, lately. He's got 12 goals. And so keep him down there. Let these guys be a little lower. And the teams can't match that depth as much. But, you know, yeah, second-line center, it's still an open question. And I think we're going to have to wait and see. I think a lot of it will depend on health of Lance too.
0: Yeah, what – what is going on with Landy? Because this just, just, just feels like it's gone on too long. Uh, that that whatever timetables that were were put in place, they they weren't met. They were pushed back. What is the issue with him?
1: Well, he's been very, you know, information has not been too too forthcoming on this. He spent time, a lot of time out of town rehabbing. Uh, Toronto he's in Toronto. I heard it. I uh, read somewhere that he was in Chile as well. I didn't know that, but um, you know, doing treatments and stuff. Why, why there and not here? I good question. Landy hasn't talked to the media since. Uh, you know, they won the cup, so um, just the knee that didn't respond. I mean, what else can I say? It just it's things didn't respond as well to to for the previous prognosis. So been thrown out the window they say that you know bednar said that he should skate after the all-star break but should and will and part timeline and different things it's uh, it's still a mystery mike
0: Visiting with adrian dater and ad you've been around this team since uh since day one and with jared bednar recently setting the franchise record for for most wins by a, a head coach We've been lucky. We've had some really good ones around here. How would you uh, How would you rank the the Avalanche coaches down through the years as as you've had a chance to to watch them and talk to them and see their impact?
1: Yeah, I mean, first of all, I've always enjoyed being around every single one of them. Um, but uh, you know, I think I'd have to put our number one as far as 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 the best coach. I mean, forget. He had the awful first year, but ever since then, he's been better and better every single year, culminating with a cup. Uh, he's a guys respect him. He doesn't seem to burn guys out like some other coaches did. He doesn't seem to, um, you know, tire of the job or, or anything. Everything's all about the job with him, and no extraneous stuff. So, uh, put him number one. I think. You know, it's tough to say, but I'd have to put my old friend, Bob Harley, number two. I think he's, you know, his record spoke for itself and really good man. He, uh, I do think he, you know, sometimes burn guys out a little bit. But, but that's, that's you know, that's the way it got it to work both ways. <laughs> um, you know, as far as ranking anybody last, I mean, let's face it, the guys who didn't work out here as well here were Tony Granado and... Mm-hmm. Sacco. Um you have to you have to you know look at that. There, I just didn't work out as well. And we've got Mark Crawford and Joel Quimble here, yeah. two two excellent coaches. So Crawford won the cup, though. So got to give him rank over probably Q. But uh, you know, there, there's your pecking order. I think you can you can say down the, down the line there.
0: Last one for you. We had we saw Darcy Kemper come back into town with the caps and. It gave us a chance to applaud and remember what what Kemper's role was, but it also gave us a chance that night to watch Alexander Georgiev as as the uh, heir apparent there, uh, replacement there between the pipes. And so, knowing what we knew about Darcy and how they were still able to win a cup with him, what what's your feeling about Georgiev right now? Oh, it's, it's good. I mean. I think, he, you know, he needed a little time
1: off, but also, you know, he, has, he got some bad play in front of him, those big big scoring nights that gets, they just sworn not playing but uh, So I like him. I think he's been good. And I don't think you guys really have to worry about having a void in goal. You know, will he be enough to win a cup? know, yeah, well, it takes a lot of – takes a village to win a cup, so – Either way, I think he's a good goalie who's quick and young and going to learn more. And, um, I think he's got a real bright future ahead of him. And I think um, I think he does need a good backup too to give him some break and mentally and physically. And I think the ads have that with Franchoux, so I so I think the Avs' goaltending situation is very solid. Uh, I believe I believe they entered last night with the fewest goals against in the West.
0: Good stuff. They're playing well. They're playing well. I, I, I figured the, the winning streak would, would come, but uh, it it's come a little bit quicker than I, I thought it would. But uh, then again, I, I wasn't anticipating the, the team meeting and the benefits of that team meeting to pop as quickly as it did. But uh, it's good. It's good to see them playing well again and uh, start thinking about uh, going out and defending their, their Stanley Cup. Uh, later on not that we ever had any real concerns even when they were struggling but uh good to see them back playing at this level good to talk with you adrian we will do it uh many more times before this uh, journey is over for the season as always i appreciate it and again if people would like to be able to uh, check out what you have going on how can they get their abs coverage from you
1: yeah just look up data on hockey uh, upstack it's a great platform for uh, for other writers a lot of real great writers are on it and uh it's the same thing as ever. It's just a different platform. Uh, dater on hockey. Adrian dater got Substack. dot Where you find me, and I uh, also have a great uh, reporter, writer on the staff too so, named uh, So it's good. We we're enjoying
0: ourselves, and as always, just trying to do our best covering the team. All right, love it. Uh, that is Adrian Dater. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Mile High Hockey Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back again with you next week.